You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 423. I am your host, Noelle Tarr of coconutsandkettlebells.com. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. And man, this is one of my favorite episodes to date. I know I say that every time, but this time I really, really mean it because I get to interview Dr. Michelle of Living Well with Dr. Michelle. She is a holistic or biologic dentist. And I have so many questions. I have been following Dr. Michelle for a long time. And like you, I am hella confused about functional dentistry and what I should be looking for and what does that even mean and what questions should I be asking and how do I find a good functional dentist and all the things. And to be frank, I have not been to a dentist in over a year because I've sort of been paralyzed. And because of this episode, I actually finally got a an appointment with a functional dentist um, this week. So I'll, I'll definitely report back. Dr. Michelle touches on some a lot of hot topics. She is an expert in things like root canals and replacing root canals and finding underlying infections. So we're going to be talking all about that today. We're also going to be discussing kids and cavities and crowded teeth and mouth breathing and how that can impact health, um, both for your kids in the short term and long term, and remineralization. So how do we get minerals back into teeth once cavities have formed? And then we're also going to be discussing wisdom teeth and how those can have problematic or underlying chronic infections that can trigger other things like autoimmune conditions or symptoms that are unexplained that you just can't figure out. Speaking of minerals, many of you know I just started my own mineral brand called Well Minerals, and that is because I'm super passionate about both kids and adults getting the minerals they need. Truth be told, we have to supplement with them because we're not getting them in sufficient doses from our food because our world has been stripped of minerals in so many ways. Stress depletes minerals, and uh, we need things like fat-soluble vitamins for minerals to be absorbed, so a lot of people are deficient. And I've been working on a clean magnesium drop supplement for kids that is easy to take and it is a high quality source of magnesium that's specifically for kids who struggle with hyperactivity maybe not sleeping well at night and need more chill and relaxation this is essentially supplement that's going to bring more calm to your home It's in a form known as magnesium lysinate glycinate, which is much more absorbable than other forms like magnesium oxide or magnesium citrate, which most kids' supplements are. It's also in this really unique form, glycine and lysine together. Glycine has properties to enhance the quality of sleep, and lysine has been shown to significantly improve sleep quality and cognitive function and relief from chronic pain. And as I've been researching this, I'm like, man, I want to take this because while I like combo magnesium supplements, if my personal struggles are sleep and a, and a mind that spins a lot, I just want a higher dose of magnesium 
glycinate, glycinate. So the announcement is coming. I have I'm I'm officially I hit the button and I'm working on an adult magnesium lysinate glycinate supplement. It's called More Chill Magnesium Lysinate Glycinate, and I'm also including L-theanine in it. L-theanine is an amino acid that's incredible. I take it every night. I talked about it a lot on this podcast. It is incredible for relaxing a spinning mind and, and anxious thoughts at night. And so I'm putting the two of those together to essentially make a natural a sleep supportive supplement for all of you who are struggling with hyperactivity or just an overactive mind who struggle with sleep or sleep quality. So I'm going to be launching this on my website, not my web. Well, I will launch it on my website, but I'm going to be announcing it to my um, email list first. If you want the deets, go to coconutsandkettlebells.com forward slash minerals. You will get my free mineral guide, but you'll also get discounts when I launch it because I'm going to give discounts to all of you guys who are on the email list and just as a thank you for listening to me every week. Talk about this and helping me out and giving me your thoughts. So now let's bring on Dr. Michelle. Dr. Michelle is a functional and holistic dentist. She's also an author, a speaker, a teacher, and a health and wellness provider. After practicing traditional dentistry for 10 years, Michelle became very sick, and through her own path to return to health, she discovered she had mercury poisoning from drilling out mercury fillings for her patients. She was concerned that there may be other health-threatening materials or procedures in dentistry, and this led her to the biological dentist field. For the last 10 years, she's been paving the way in this industry, learning from pioneers all over the world. She's created the Total Care Dental Way, a patient care-centric, health-focused method for treating dental and overall health. Her website is livingwellwithdrmichelle.com. I highly recommend following her on Instagram. It's at livingwellwithdrmichelle. Now let's get to the interview. Well, welcome, Dr. Michelle. It is an honor to have you here, and I will preface this by saying this was probably top three in the most questions that I got when I put out a poll saying that, hey, I'm having a special guest on. I got so many questions uh, for you. So I'm really excited to dive in. And I'm so um, just grateful that you're taking the time out of your schedule to be here with me. Yep. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I just love to answer questions and help people. So thank you. Yeah, that definitely comes out in your Instagram and everything that you do. Your Instagram is so valuable. We'll link to it in the show notes. And that's how I found you. Actually, my best friend is a um, dental hygienist and she was like, you've got to follow her. She's great. She's got some great advice. So um, I have found so much helpful information from your Instagram and I, I've i heard you talk about your own story a little bit, just about how you got into functional dentistry, because from what I can gather, you were actually a conventional dentist and it was tanking your health. So tell me a little bit about that story before we get into questions. Yeah, that really is the story. So I grew up uh, in conventional dentistry. My father was a dentist and still practicing actually in his seventies. Um, and it's just something that our family did. You know, I have three younger brothers that are also dentists. So uh, I started and started practicing. I love dentistry. I loved what I was doing. I was working as a cosmetic dentist, uh, doing a lot of high um, high comfort touch sort of things that, it, that really fits my personality. And things were going along well until I really started struggling with my health. 
And you know, a lot of people struggle with health. I started having gut issues and who doesn't have gut issues? Kind of, that was my mindset. Right. It's like, ah, oh, this is just what everybody does. So we started changing our diet and it helped some, but not significantly. And the big issues were I had a lot of numbness in my hand, especially my right hand. And mm. my memory was just lousy. I just couldn't remember. And I've always had a really good memory. So it was noticeable. You know, it was one of those things. Some of the, sometimes symptoms sneak up on us. And sometimes it's like, whoa, no, there's something majorly going on. This was that there's something majorly going on. And so I went to doctors tests, MRIs, blood tests, you know, everything. And everyone just said, you're fine. Everything looks just fine. And mm -hmm. finally, I actually had my practice for sale because I couldn't hold instruments. I couldn't literally do the job I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I was, you know, my mid thirties and um, my family depended on, depended on this income and this business. And so I was talking to people about how could I consult or do something inside of the industry that's not actually dentistry. And another practitioner just said, you know, you really ought to look into mercury poisoning. And I hadn't even given it a thought because in dentistry, they don't talk about this, that this could be an issue for the dentist. In fact, the only thing they tell you in dental school about mercury is they, I mean, they tell you, they say, yes, these fillings have mercury in them, but they say they're completely stable no big deal. And if you talk about this and tell anyone that it could influence their health, then you will lose your license. So that's the whole thing. You were told that? Off. Yeah, that's what they told us. That's what they tell us. <laughs> There's a dentist named Hal Huggins, and uh, he absolutely lost his license and eventually lost his life uh, because because of the controversy around what he was telling people, that their MS could be caused by mercury fillings, you know, and they just said, nope. Oh. So he lost his license. He had to close his clinic, all kinds of things because of this. So that's what we were told. So obviously we we stay far away from it. So I, I often will tell people, it's not that the dentist is trying to hide information. It's not that they don't want you to know this. They don't know it, first of all. And right. second, the profession doesn't support this kind of information. So they don't encourage us to share. They don't really talk about it much. So I didn't know anything about it. And I, I just said, well, I, I don't have any mercury fillings. You know, I don't know what that would be from. And he just laughed and he said, oh, it's not the fillings you have. It's the ones you've been drilling out for the last 10 years with no protection. I'd been a cosmetic mm -hmm. dentist. So nobody liked the way those fillings looked, you know, the black, I was calling them black fillings at that point. Oh, do you want to get those black fillings out? Now I call them mercury fillings. You know, it's all about the focus for what the, what they have. Uh, so I was drilling out a lot of them because people wanted their teeth to look better, their smiles to look better. And I'd never given a moment's thought. So I got tested and sure enough, that's what it was. And all of a sudden the symptoms made sense because mercury affects gut function. Mercury affects neurology, your brain. So the memory, the numbness, all of these things made sense from a mercury toxicity standpoint. So the doctor said, well, if you're going to get this out of you, you can't keep putting it in you. So I don't know that you're going to keep be able to continue being a dentist if that's going to be around you all the time. So I had to find where there are ways to remove it without actually breathing it in. And I found there was an organization, unbeknownst to me, that existed that had protocol already in place for this. So I went to their training. I got certified in their protocols and I started doing it, but just for me. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I thought, huh, I wonder if like your friend that's a hygienist, you know, I wonder if the dental assistant sitting next to me could be affected by this or the hygienist that's cleaning all of these fillings could be affected oh, or gosh. the receptionist that's sitting at the front desk that the HVAC system circulating at all, could they be affected? So that was kind of where I started. And then I thought, thought, well, well, if it helped, you know, was dangerous for me, well, I bet it could be for the patient too. So then we started talking about, oh yeah, we're doing this safely now. And patients started saying, well, my doctor has been looking for someone. Could I tell them about you? 
So then I started talking to doctors and they would then encourage me and say, well, do you know also about ozone or do you know about this or do you know about that? And I didn't know anything about anything. And so I would have to go and search out the research and search out the education. There's not like this just college you go to or certificate, you know, there's, there's nothing like that. Like right. it's a health-based industry, come learn here. No, it's like, oh, you have man. to go and say, all right, I want to learn about ozone. I'm going to go to a veterinary conference to do that. You know, that's the way it works. And so I started doing that and eventually started seeing major massive changes in my patient's health. And I thought, oh, wow, I, well, this is onto something that I did not even expect or understand or anything else. And so that sent me down a deep dive into how is everything that's going on in this in the mouth related to your overall health and how can myself as a dentist and the profession in general how can we really be providers for care not just drillers of teeth you know <laughs> what mm-hmm. does that look like and so it's completely changed my my career my business everything else and it's not where i expected to go yeah i love that story i feel like so many people have a story similar to that where they are at the end of the rope with their own health yeah. something, you know, they find out something or somebody mentions something, they go to all these doctors and nobody really has the answer. And then you finally find that one who has the answer and it kind of changes the trajectory of your life. And you have been able to help, you know, how many more people as a result, which is really just an amazing thing. Um, so you mentioned ozone, you mentioned a few things, which truthfully, I'm in this world. This is my thing. This is what I do. And I'm still like, why do we need ozone in our mouth? You know, that's like a new thing I've been researching <laughs> yeah. and trying to find somebody in my area who's like doing the ozone and, you know, cleaning. So what is functional dentistry and how does it differ? What are maybe some of the treatments that are different from conventional treatments? So I really look at myself as uh, in my title. I, you know, a lot of people call it holistic dentistry. And that's where I really started. In fact, my book is called that, The Holistic Dental Guide, you know, because that's the only word that people knew to call it to begin with. Yeah. But I don't like that word because there's actually a lot of misnomer, a lot of uh, assumption that goes along with the word holistic. You know, you think you're going to come into my office and we're going to, ha- I'll be wearing tie dye and having beads in the doors and, you know, incense yeah. burning and whatever, and that we're not going to be science-based at all. We're just going to, you know, right. and that's the exact opposite of what we are. We we are very science and research-based. In fact, more, much more so than the typical dentist, conventional dentist would be, because usually they go to school, they learn what they learn, they do what they do, but they don't really follow what else is, you know, happening inside of, inside of, inside of the right. profession. So I'm at the very front, you know, we're, we're looking at research that comes out yesterday and what does that mean for us and how can we help with our patients with that? So the term holistic wasn't necessarily a great fit. There's another term called biologic, which people use, right. which again is kind of based on your biology. But again, do you know what that means? Like if I were to tell you, I'm, you know, I'm a biologic dentist, would you know what that meant? And there's no certification. There's no like, you know, place you go to become a biologic dentist. There's there's just really, there's, it's not an official thing. So that's why I like the term functional because functional means we're looking at the function of the body and saying, how does it relate to what's going on in the mouth? And can I, can I affect the function of the body by the things I do here? And the answer is uh, resounding, yes. We can do so much based on what is going on in the mouth, even from what I can see in the mouth, can often mm-hmm. display what functional what functionality is happening in the rest of the body. So I love functional. I also like to bring the term integrative in because we integrate a lot of other methodologies or, or other other practitioners. We work with lactation consultants and uh, upper cervical chiropractors and a lot of people. So we integrate care as well, 
But function is really about the function of the body and how it relates to the mouth. And that's really what we do. So what does that look like, you know, on a practice level? The first thing it looks like is when you come in as a new patient to see us at our practice, you aren't, we're not just poking at your teeth and picking at them and saying, yeah, yep, yep, here's your cavity. We actually are walking through your health history and talking about, okay, this could be correlated to this and this could be correlated to this. Let's look at your CT scan. We do a CT, dental, uh, it's called a cone beam CT scan for every patient. It's a dental specific CT scan. I can see infection in the head and neck area. I can see everything related to airway. You were talking earlier before we got on about uh, a lot of moms wondering about uh, grinding and things in children. Well, that's going to be all airway related. So we need to see what what's the airway doing? What's the tube that we breathe through? What is it looking like? Is there inflammation? Uh, what's the spine looking like? Or everything is everything all you know congested and obstructed in the back? So we go through all of that, and then we sit knee to knee. And I basically always tell my patients, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I want to know if it were my mouth. You get to decide because it's yours. So I'm just going to show you and then you get to decide. And we walk through everything top to bottom. We talk about nutrition and health. That's what a functional dentist looks like. Mm -hmm. um, what do we do differently? Well, we do a lot of things in relation to how we take out those mercury fillings. Obviously, we never would place one. Uh, we talk yeah. about nutrition and what is a cavity caused by and can you actually prevent it and heal it? We talk about uh, what are those root canals doing to your body and those areas where you had teeth removed and are they healthy and what do you do about that? And we use ozone to clean it and something called PRF, with this, which is stem cells. And so there's a lot of things that are really moving beyond just fillings and crowns, you know, yeah. and we're talking about how, how do the things that are going on here really affect you and how can we help? Yeah. How are teeth connected to other organs in the body? Because this is something my chiropractor has in her office. This is something that I've seen a lot where it's like this tooth relates to this organ. So can you maybe talk about that connection? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a meridian. If you look up tooth meridian chart, you'll find it. And what that in essence is, and you know, it's interesting because when people start talking about energy or any of those things, people go, oh, it's one of those crazy talk things. Actually, no. So our body runs on energy. Our heart, when you get an EKG, what they're measuring is the electrical stimulus or electrical beating of the heart. They, When they do an EEG, it's an electrical activity of the brain. So we have electrical circuits. That's how we stay alive. And when that electrical, when that electricity turns off, we die. You know, that's what happens when we die. We flatline. That means our electricity is gone. Well, the entire system is wired just like any home. So any home, if you flip a switch, it's going to, anything that was on that same wire will turn on, right? Your light, maybe an outlet, whatever might be connected to that switch where there, there are literal switches in the body that if we can turn them on, it will energize or add energy to a certain place in the system in the body. So there are a lot of switches on our hands. It's called, uh, there's like maps on the hands. If you look it up, and so there's acupressure points on the hands where if you, if you flip a switch or, you know, put some pressure here, it will literally uh, energize everything that's related to that switch. Same hmm. thing on our feet, same thing on our ears and our teeth. And it's interesting when you think about it, those are areas, the ears are the only ones I don't quite get, but hands and feet and teeth, think about the stimulus that happens on those surfaces. So we're energizing our bodies by basically flipping on the switches as we use our hands, as we walk on the ground, or as we put our teeth together, which we do every time we swallow or yep. chew. So we're adding energy to the system. So there are mapping systems, and this has been done very scientifically. It was done in Germany. And um, there are every tooth is on a circuit for an organ system. So when I energize this tooth, this is related to the liver gallbladder area. So people will often say, these are things we look at. They'll come in and say, gosh, I just, I've had horrible gallbladder attacks. I'm like, ah, 
Did you have that tooth right there pulled in with braces? Oh yeah, how did you know that? Because I bet it's dead. And it's actually now you're losing input on that tooth, which is causing your gallbladder issues. And people look at me like, I'm like, what the heck? How did you know that? (laughs) But it's just because, because I understand the wiring system in the body. So are the wisdom (laughs) teeth... Okay, so so are the wisdom teeth connected to something like, I don't know, the adrenal glands or something that we all have problems with? The wisdom teeth are endocrine system, okay, which is the thyroid and adrenals. Oh my gosh. It's the heart. So often we'll see heart arrhythmias, those kinds of things going on. And it's some digestion. But the big one is the endocrine system. So it's going to be thyroid, adrenals, all the sex hormones as well. So estrogen, progesterone, the things that a lot of us struggle with are right there in those wisdom teeth areas. So if you've lost energetic stimulus or even worse, most of us have lost the energetic stimulus because the teeth are gone. But even worse is there's a low-lying chronic infection in that area. What you're doing now is you're not only not turning that on, but you are actually stealing energy from that circuit nonstop. So it's depleting you because there is an infection in those spots that hasn't resolved ever since the tooth was removed. Man, I'm sure a lot of light bulbs are going off. Okay, so I've heard the quote that something like maybe 50 to 60% of chronic disease is caused by dental problems. We were hearing a lot about the oral microbiome, which is kind of revolutionized, um, I think, dentistry, but also just like the microbiome in general. You know, over the last decade, we've all of a sudden, oh, it's not like quackery. It's actually something that's like a real thing. And thousands and thousands of, you know, scientific articles have been published about it. So now we're hearing a lot about the oral microbiome, this connection between problems in the mouth and and chronic disease. So what are some root causes? Like what, what would be an example of something that's going on in the mouth that would trigger an autoimmune disease? Make that connection for us. A big one is going to be anything related to the immune system. So if there's something in the mouth that's actually causing the immune system to have to work overtime, it's kind of the way I look at it and think about it. The wisdom tooth areas or any area that a tooth has been removed, if it didn't heal properly, what they do is it forms a pocket of dead tissue. And that dead tissue always attracts bacteria or viruses or fungus or parasite. It attracts bugs. Mm. And so that is asking your immune system to fight 24-7. That's one. The second one is root canals. Um, There's a lot of talk uh, now about root canals, and I'm so happy to hear it because I find, I don't know, probably a dozen or more failed root canals a day. So those, and they're they're not detectable on a traditional traditional dental x-ray, and they are not symptomatic, meaning you can't point to your tooth and tell me it hurts here. You have no idea. But I take a cone beam CT scan and I find a hole the size of a quarter through your sinus, infected your whole side of your head. And we wonder why people have sinus infections that are chronic or or other issues. You know, they've gone through seven sinus surgeries. I'm like, well, it's never going to go away till the oh. tooth is gone. Anyway, so that's one as well. Um, gum disease is another, although there's a lot of a lot of history. Um, and gum disease is showing to be a marker for immune system uh immune system changes, meaning are you going to be more susceptible to other things? So what are those all things, all those things grouped together into? Well, they are things that turn your immune system on and they never go off. So if you have this area that's infected and it's infected 24-7, the immune system has to fight it 24-7. In that case, I like to think literally of the immune system as your soldiers. And so your soldiers are fighting these enemies and 
they get tired, you know, they never have a break and they get tired and eventually they kind of get a little lazy and sloppy and they start shooting each other because there's just too much. They're too overloaded. And they also can't deal with other things that come along. So you have the cold virus or the flu or, you know, whatever it might be that comes along and all of a sudden you get it because your immune system's too depleted from fighting these other things. So Mm -hmm. what is an autoimmune disease? It's simply an immune system that's gotten a little off track. It's shooting itself instead instead of the enemies anymore. So you have to look for chronic infection somewhere that has caused the immune system to become dysfunctional. That's an autoimmune disease. And if we can take care of the root cause of that infection, then often we see the autoimmune disease largely go away. If you want 20% off the best adaptogen blends, plus a little insider info on what I use, listen up. Adaptogens are herbs and functional mushrooms that help your body adapt to stress. They essentially boost your resistance and tolerance when it comes to emotional and physical stress and provide your body with the support it needs only when it needs it. Research shows adaptogens can balance cortisol, combat fatigue, enhance focus, ease depression and anxiety, and support proper hormone function. The best and easiest way to supplement with adaptogen blends is with Organifi. Here's my tip. Some adaptogens are better in the morning and others are better at night. But it's important to experiment with timing to see what works for you. And you can even experiment with blends according to your cycle and your symptoms. For example, Harmony is an amazing blend of Vitex Berry and Maca, which are known to help relieve PMS symptoms like headaches and mood changes and even cycle irregularities. So you could take this when you're in the second half of your cycle. I like to take green juice, which has ashwagandha mid-morning when I'm stressed and dealing with sleep issues, and I take gold every night before bed. It's my nightcap with reishi. I just mix it with water, and that helps me sleep. Support your body, energy, immunity, and stress with Organifi. Organifi takes pride in offering the best-tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day, and I can attest to this. I have not found a blend that I don't like the taste of. These are clinical doses of adaptogens, so you actually feel the difference. Go to Organifi.com forward slash WellFed and use the code WellFed for 20% off. That's Organifi, so O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash WellFed. Use the coupon code WellFed for 20% off. Interesting. Okay, so let's get into root canals because you've mentioned it a few times now. This is clearly the number one question everybody has Mm -hmm. is, you know, and I don't think a lot of people even know what it is or why it's necessary. So talk to me about what it is and and what that process is. And you said that you see a lot of these failed root canals. What does that actually mean? How is it failing? Yep. So what a root canal is, is if you have a cavity, usually it's a cavity. Sometimes it's a broken tooth. You know, you've, you've fallen on your driveway and you've broken your front tooth in half, you know. Whatever it is, it's exposed the nerve of the tooth. So inside of the tooth, there's the enamel you see here. Then there's a layer inside of that's called dentin. And it has a lot of little tubules that go everywhere because those are the feeder channels for the tooth. Then on the very inside layer is where the blood vessel and the nerve channel lies. So that's the very center of the tooth. Nutrients come up through that main center canal. They go through all the little tubes in the dentin to get out to the enamel and feed the tooth and keep it alive. So if a cavity has gone all the way through the enamel, through that dentin, 
and has gotten to the nerve of the tooth, it either hurts really bad because it's affected the nerve, the, the nerve is getting infected, it hurts really bad, or the tooth actually dies and you get the swollen face, those, those kinds of things. So when someone says you need a root canal, first of all, I will never use those terms because no one needs a root canal. But what they're meaning is the tooth has been, the nerve of the tooth has been affected and potentially infected. So to save the tooth and keep the tooth in your mouth, what they do is they go and remove that nerve tissue, remove all the blood vessels and the nerve tissue inside of the root and fill it up. So it's the canal mm -hmm. inside of the tooth is filled up. So it's the root canal. That's why they call it a root canal. It's the canal where the blood vessel and nerve lives inside of the tooth and they remove it. They remove the blood vessel and nerve and then fill it up with a filling material. The trouble is, is all those little tubules. They're too small to clean or to fill. So now you have dead tissue, dead little teeny blood vessels. There literally is a mile of this in every tooth. So you have these little teeny blood vessels, little teeny nerve things that are extending out from that main root canal that can't be cleaned or filled. So that's going to be dead tissue. Well, bacteria will find it and they will then go and move into that area and they will populate that dead tissue. That's what they love. Dead tissue has no immune system to it. So they can live there safely. Your immune system can't get to it anymore. So they go and they live there. Now the tooth is dead. You have no sensation. You don't know that you've got an infection around the end of the root that is growing and destroying bone. As the infection grows, it, it destroys all the bone in the area. That's what I'm looking for when I'm looking on a CT scan is, is there this dark circle of infection? Because I can't see infection, but I can see where there's a hole in the bone. So I'm looking for the hole that the infection caused. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm looking for the hole where it's grown and expanded and destroyed the bone. That's our sign that there is something there. And we find these mushy bug-filled cysts in these holes. So again, no local symptoms often. Sometimes people do. Sometimes people go, yeah, this has bugged me every time that ever since the root canal is done. But a lot of times people say, I, it feels fine. And then I show them a picture. I'm like, well, you literally have a hole this size in your jawbone now that's full of bugs, you know, <laughs> and you didn't even know it. So that's when I say a failed root canal, that's what I mean, is it's reinfected and no one knows. So what do you do about it? That's the hard part. People will say, well, you can just redo the root canal. Okay, well, let's, now that you understand better what a root canal is, is it going to fix it? All they're going to do is clean out the filling on the inside, freshen it up a bit. It might buy you a year or two, but you're going to be back in the exact same situation again. And remember, there's no symptoms. So you don't know that you're there. Mm -hmm. You just know you're sick, yeah. but you don't ever tie it back to your tooth, you know, until you've yeah. heard something like this and you go, oh, wait a minute. Um, so really the only solution for this is we have to remove the root that's full of all the dead stuff and the bugs. So we have to remove the whole tooth. The tooth has to has to come out. And it's the only way I'm able to get to the bugs in that bone. That's where the ozone comes in. So ozone is actually, we use ozone for a lot of different things, but this is one of the things we use it for. Ozone is a broad spectrum bug killer. Hmm. So it doesn't matter what bugs live there. It could be a bacteria, virus, fungus, parasite, doesn't matter. Ozone is oxygen. It's oxygen that's in a um, combination of three molecules. You know how we talk about O2? That means two yeah. molecules of oxygen. Ozone is O3. It's okay. three molecules of oxygen. So the third molecule is unstable. It doesn't like to be in threes. It goes to find something to bind to, and it binds to bugs. It hmm. breaks them open, kills them, and then the guts from that bug falls on its neighbor and kills its neighbor. And then it causes this chain reaction of killing. So it's beautiful because ozone, we can put it into these areas and then it spreads 
throughout the bone wherever that infection is spread. So it's fabulous. Oh. We clean it all out with that and we have to be able to get to it to be able to do that. Clean it out and then we actually place stem cells in there. Your own stem cells that help the bone to grow and help give a scaffolding for the bone to grow. So this is very much what we do all day long in our practice. Um, people will say, well, can I keep that root canal? And I say, absolutely, you can. You just need to know what you're choosing. Yeah, You need to know that you're choosing an immune insult that never goes away 24-7. If your immune system is strong and you are capable of handling that, then great. Some people are so sick, I would say it's up to you, obviously, but if it were me, there's no way that tooth would be staying in my mouth. Yeah, You know, dentists, we've been trained to save teeth. That's our job. And so that is what we will do, you know, no matter what, we will try to save teeth. And I tell people all the time, I used to save teeth at any cost. Now I save your health at any cost, even if it means losing a tooth, because I can replace your tooth all day long, but I can't replace your health. It, it sounds like that's a multi-step process. It Am is. I right? Yeah, yeah. Where you're coming in multiple times and then you're, a, you're probably putting in, are you putting, do most people prefer to have like a ceramic or a, a tooth put in? Yeah. Ceramic dental yeah. implant is the way we will replace these now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which it's not the easier route. So it's always, you know, I, I do feel like I don't want to make, you know, huge general statements, but I do feel like conventional, the conventional medical world usually is going to choose the easier option for sure. themselves and or the patient. For the so patient, that because they know it's, it's easier know to it. say yes to a root canal. The pain yeah. goes away. The tooth yeah. stays there. It doesn't require any replacement. I mean, it is a much easier route for sure. Yeah. What are some symptoms you, you, you were talking about even? The, OK, so we know we, you're not going to feel the pain. You're not going to feel that infection. Are there other really common systemic symptoms that you're like, we should check your root canal or can it really be anything? It's based on the tooth again. So it goes back to that meridian oh. system. So the back teeth, the molars are largely it's lung, large intestine, stomach, spleen. Those are the four. So if you think about how many people have uh, gut issues. Yeah. So many people do. Then we get into liver, gallbladder up here in these front, uh, kidney, urinary system up here in the front of the very front of the mouth, um, middle, what we call bicuspid area, enormously correlated with breast cancer. Um, so mm -hmm. if, uh, I can't tell you how many people I've had who have had breast cancer and I will find a root canal on the same side that they had cancer in that breast. Oh my gosh. Um, so there is a direct correlation with cancer across the board, and typically we'll find it related to the tooth where the root canal is or where a tooth has been removed and there's infection there still. So those are symptoms. So pretty much any symptom could be related to a tooth because it's related to the tooth that you're talking about. Got so it. across the board, every organ system is reflected in the mouth. So you could yeah. have every organ system affected by an infected tooth if that's the tooth that's infected. So interesting. And, you know, maybe speaking from personal experience here, if, say, when you were seven, you chipped your tooth on the bottom of a pool mm -hmm. and that tooth wasn't removed or root, there was no root canal, but you had, you know, either bonding or a veneer, would that, is, is that going to be a problem or could that be potentially a, a area of infection? No, not if no, the tooth is still okay. alive. That's the key. And that's why we see so many people <clears> for <throat> second opinions where they said, someone's told me I need a root canal. Again, those words. I'm like, Ugh! it's like fingernails yeah. on the chalkboard for me. You do not need a root canal. But, um, and by the way, there's only about 35 million completed in the US per year, root canals. So basically we're talking about 35 million new people a year that are now having this in their mouth. Um, yeah. But uh, that's the first thing we test is, is the tooth still alive? 
If the tooth is still alive, then we do everything we possibly can to keep it alive. So again, we use ozone. Ozone, remember, kills bugs. So if you have a deep cavity and you've been told you need a root canal, we actually clean out the cavity as much as we can, but we don't expose that nerve. As soon as we expose that nerve, we're done. So we don't expose that nerve and then we use ozone to kill all the rest of the bugs that are left in that cavity and we fill over it and we keep the tooth alive. So we're able to save about 80% of teeth. If they're still alive, the people have said you need a root canal. Interesting. Okay. If there's a lot of people who've had a root canal listening and they're like, what do I do? Yep. If, <laughs> is this where like a preemptive cone beam scan comes yep. in or are you thinking yep. you got a root cone canal beam for everybody? Yep. Cone beam for everybody just to check and let's just see what's going on. Interesting. Okay. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. So let's talk about um, pulling teeth wisdom teeth and then also there's a lot of millennials listening who probably myself included who had four teeth pulled to make room for bra- you know braces and all the things which i'm like how yep. barbaric like I, i'm like i can't believe this was done like this is like normal things that were just done to me um which i don't blame you mother but you know it just this yep. is just like what happened and so you know there's four teeth missing from my head what happened you, you talk to me a little bit about if that's you know could be potentially because you mentioned if it doesn't heal properly, that could be an issue. Like, is that and would that be also a preemptive, you know, cone beam scan? Like, what what do all these people do? Yeah. Yeah. So there's two issues with removing teeth. Well, you three, honestly, you've brought up about three in your in your example right here. Um, so let's talk about wisdom teeth first. Yeah. Um, do you need wisdom teeth out? That's the first question. Do you need wisdom teeth out? The problem is, is that our diets have changed. And the way we're eating has changed and the way we're feeding infants has changed. And all of those things have actually affected the growth and development of mouths. So 200 years ago, people had plenty of room for all 32 teeth. Everything fit just fine with no issues. We find we look at skulls and archaeological evidence and things and it, it, they're fine. The problem is, is again, our food supply has changed. The nutrient levels in our food is not, it's not like it used to be. And the first bone affected by malnutrition is your top jaw. Hmm. When your top jaw develops narrow, you don't have the bottom jaw develops narrow because the bottom jaw fits inside of the top jaw. So everything's going to develop narrow and small, and there will not be room for the wisdom teeth to come in. Is that a problem? Well, it often is a problem because the longer they stay in the jaw, the longer they get, they grow around the nerves. There's other issues that go along with it. So if there is not going to be room in the mouth for the wisdom teeth, I do recommend they be removed. The trouble is, is that oftentimes there's a ligament surrounding every tooth. And when the tooth comes out, that ligament needs to be removed. Otherwise it stays as this just dead ligament in the bone for about 10 days. And in that time, the body grows gum over it, but the bone never heals. And so you have this dead area in the bone that never healed. Again, we're back to the exact same scenario that we talked about with the root canal. Now bugs can go here and they're safe because the immune system, there's no blood flow. There's nothing right through the center of this. So they can live and flourish, but there's enough blood flow around the outside that they can jump in and go and affect you, but they're not able to be killed in here as long as that dead tissue that they repopulate is there. So the big one with wisdom teeth is that. Cone beam CT scan, we find these. We find, again, I don't see the infection. I see the hole that they've created. So I see, is there a hole where there should be bone? If so, there's probably bugs. So we actually go back in and clean those out and disinfect them with ozone again. We add stem cells again, all of that so that they can actually heal this time around. I had this done about six months ago on myself. 
Mm. because I was like, okay, this is time I get this done as well. I've had thyroid issues since I was 21 years old. Mm. So uh, it was time I got my own, my own taken care of. Um, what do you do to prevent that? If you do need the wisdom teeth out, we actually do all those steps in the same steps during the removal process. We remove the okay. ligament, we disinfect with ozone and we add the stem cells so that it will grow and heal the first time around. The other issue I have is when we remove these, think about it. I mean, how old were you? You know, most people are like 17, 16, 18, you know, are you eating the best, sleeping the best, healing the best? You know, you're still growing. It's like the worst time to go put four holes in someone's head (laughs) because they just, they just aren't in a great place to heal, you know? So I think that's another reason it causes that. So that's the wisdom teeth piece. If you've had the wisdom teeth out, have it checked and go and have them cleaned out if they're infected. Second one is with teeth removed for braces. The good news about that is that they moved teeth into the spaces. So there wouldn't typically be, I sometimes do find them in those areas, but rarely. Usually the tooth has been moved into the space and so the bone has been able to heal. But why did you need them removed in the first place? It goes all the way back to that nutrition piece. Right. Your jaw didn't form adequately. You may have a tongue tie, which lots of moms are going to want to know this piece. The tongue, the purpose of the tongue is, there's a lot of purposes of the tongue, but as an infant, the tongue goes between the roof of the mouth and the nipple or the bottle and puts pressure upward. That's how the baby latches and sucks. That pressure not only creates that sucking motion, but it also creates pressure to form the roof of the, of the mouth. So if the tongue is tied, it often can't reach the roof and it has to come forward and the sucking motion happens out here. The palate or the top of the roof of the mouth forms narrow you get a very narrow face structure, a narrow nose. A lot of people are like, oh, I love my skinny little nose. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't breathe through it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so you get a narrow nose, you get a narrow face structure. You often end up with mouth breathing, children who are mouth breathing now because that jaw is too small for the tongue to fit up or the tongue can't fit because of a tongue tie. And so it has to fit down and forward. And in order to breathe, they have to hang their mouth open at night. So why did you have four teeth removed? Because your jaw was too small to house them all because of a nutrition issue or a tongue tie issue, or a, I used a sippy cup or a pacifier or a bottle a lot and the mouth just didn't form like it should. Mm-hmm. So now the problem is, is you've been permanently, you've now been permanently given a, a small mouth that doesn't allow all the things that need to fit to fit. So what we often will find are tongues that don't fit in the mouth very well. So they actually fall back in the airway and we find a whole generation of people who are not sleeping because their mouths are too small to house the things that should be in there. Do you support adults getting tongue tie revisions and or are there even like palate expander devices for adults? Yep, you're thinking perfectly. Yes, and we do these together at the same time. So the first step is called myofunctional therapy. It retrains the tongue how to actually go up to swallow. Most likely it can't get there if it's tied, but we want to retrain the muscle function, what Mm -hmm. it would do. Because if we just release and revise a tongue tie, it won't actually do anything that we hope it to do because it doesn't know how. It's never been able to. So we start with myofunctional exercises. At a certain point during those exercises, it's about a six-month time you do these exercises at home. At a, at a certain point, we say, yes, you are ready for the revision. So we do a laser release on the tongue tie. So now the tongue's able to go up and do those things. 
During that time, it's fabulous to have an expander device. There are adult ones that are removable, meaning you just wear them through the evening hours and the sleeping hours, take Mm -hmm. them out during the day, and they absolutely will expand that jaw back out to make room for the tongue. And this is what we do for adults who have sleeping issues. We don't do things like CPAPs that just force air down your throat and make you stop breathing on your own. We don't we don't mm. even hold your jaw forward permanently because it causes jaw a jaw degeneration. We want the jaw and everything to have enough room to be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. So absolutely for adults, we will do expanders and tongue tie revisions. And okay. that's really what we try to jump on for kiddos is we say, yeah, all right, are because I know you have lots of moms and this was a lot of questions that they had. What do we do for kiddos? Well, the first thing is, is we need to start looking at it. <laughs> As a dental society, we need to start looking. How are kids breathing? How are they sleeping? What's the tongue position like? What's the tone? What do the tonsils look like? All of those kinds of things. And asking moms, do they grind their teeth? Yeah. Well, guess what? Grinding means that they're not getting enough air because when you grind... First, it does two things. When you're in deep sleep, muscles are paralyzed. So if you're grinding, you're not in deep sleep by definition. That means if you're grinding, if your child's grinding at night or tossing and turning at night, they're not in deep sleep because they're moving a muscle. So we know automatically that they're not sleeping deeply. We we find this showing up as ADHD symptoms, focus issues, growth problems. They're not growing as well as they ought to. Um, runny noses, uh, yep. tired allergy shiners under the eyes. These are all things that we we see in kiddos that are struggling with you're, this. You're describing my daughter. So yeah, <laughs> so I'm smiling. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So we see all these things in these kiddos. And if they're grinding, it means that they are not getting enough air. Grinding actually stimulates um, the, the tongue to flatten and more air to come through. So in an adult or a child, if you're grinding, more than likely you have an airway obstructive problem. There's something in the way and your body's just working to get more air. And that's the, that's what it does. And it's taking you out of deep sleep in order because once you're out of deep sleep, your muscles can hold the airway open better. And it's grinding to flatten the tongue out. All of these things, as soon as you're grinding, you're no longer in deep sleep anymore. So what do you do for a kiddo? Well, we need to identify what is, is this, is it here? Is this a problem, first of all? And so we need to look and say, okay, are there tongue ties? How is the, how is the child sleeping? Asking moms, how is your child sleeping? Are any of these things going on? Looking at those shiners, looking at the runny nose, you know, looking at these uh, food sensitivities and saying, ah, okay, they're not, they're not sleeping. Then what do you do? So we do tongue tie revisions, but again, we do it in, in conjunction with exercises for the tongue and expansion. Mm -hmm. So you talked about myomunchies, you know, all these kinds of things. Uh, Myobrace is one that we use a lot. There's all sorts of fixed appliances that we're starting to use too. You talked about the alpha appliance. Um, There are thankfully more and more options becoming available for parents. Mm -hmm. And this is my favorite thing because if I can help a child to grow correctly, I never have an adult that has the same issues that we're seeing in adults day in and day out. Right. Luckily, I do not have a a tongue tie. My husband is is pretty tied and it's affected him throughout his life. And then he gave it to my children. Yep. Um, but we had theirs revised when they were younger and it still didn't really, excuse me, it didn't really hold. So it's the exercises that are the key. You have to get those exercises done along with the release. And even as an infant, there's exercises that we give you that you do to help those tongue muscles actually learn how to move the correct way, but also 
to not reattach because we see a lot of tongue tie revisions reattach if those things aren't done properly um, after the revision. I'm testing a bunch of dentists in our area. I'm going Mm -hmm. and taking her to quite a few to actually get them to look at her mouth to tell me what they think. Um, And what I ended up doing was going to the ALF practitioner sort of database, and I was able to see who was actually certified. I don't know if you have any recommendations for parents, because I do believe that that's the hardest thing is like, where do we actually find people who are educated in this? So you're starting exactly right. There are databases for these appliances. So the Alpha Appliance Myobrace all also has a database. If not a database, then you can just search those search terms. You know, when you're Google searching a dentist, you can search, you know, a dentist that does Myobrace or a dentist that does ALF. And, and, and you can find people that are offering these as services and they will come up in a Google search. There are also two other places that we send people to often. One is called the IAOMT, and you can put these in show notes. I'll send them to you, IAOMT.org. It's an organization that is highly focused on fluoride and mercury. Those are their two big ones, but oftentimes the dentists that are there on their directories are some that have at least some familiarity with these kinds of things. And then there's another one called the IABDM.org, and that one is the Biologic Dental Medicine. That's the BDM part of it. Um, and often again, those dentists are going to be the ones that are going to be providing the kind of services you're talking about for parents and children. Well, one thing's for sure. We're all stressed out because we live in the modern world and whether it's a deadline or issues with a family member or an underlying chronic infection that isn't diagnosed, we are all dealing with stress. And one thing that is not discussed a lot is that magnesium is actually depleted along with other vitamins and minerals when we are stressed out. And it can get you in a loop of stress, then depleting vitamins and minerals, and then your body is experiencing more chronic stress because you are depleted in those vitamins and minerals. Magnesium is involved in 80% of the body's metabolic reaction reactions, it's actually estimated that about 50% of people, both children and adults, are not getting enough magnesium. One thing you can do today to support your adrenals and hormones and mental health is to take a magnesium supplement. And Magnesium Breakthrough is a great option. It's one that I've been rotating for years because it has seven unique forms of full-spectrum magnesium in one bottle. For our exclusive offer, go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash wellfed10 and use the code wellfed10 to save 10% when you try Magnesium Breakthrough. If for any reason you don't love it, you can get a full refund for up to a year after your purchase, no questions asked. And you actually get special gifts with purchase, which is super fun. So to get those free gifts, go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash wellfed10 and use the code wellfed10 to get 10% off. Okay, so let's get into some of the questions from the community because we have a lot and a lot of it is um, questions that you've already addressed, but I think that we can kind of hone in on them a little bit more. So this is from Eileen. She says, is mouth breathing something in kids to be on the lookout for and a sign that they need an intervention to help their jaw and teeth develop correctly? Sarah says, I'm echoing the question about mouth breathing in kids. When do we intervene and how do we intervene? And then we'll get into the all of the other questions. She has some follow-up questions about toothpaste, but what's the right time to get your child, you know, all the mouth breathing on all that looked at? The sooner, the better. So you can start myobrace and things as early as two years old. 
So the sooner the better. Uh, yes, mouth breathing is always an indicator that there is an airway issue. And there are multiple issues with mouth breathing. Number one is the facial growth and development will change automatically. So when that mouth is open at nighttime, it's going to change this jaw to be narrow. Well, now you're just set up for everything that we've just talked about. And <laughs> now the teeth aren't going to fit in the mouth. Now there's going to be all sorts of expansion needed down the road. So why not? We do it called, uh, we do it, um, called interceptive orthodontics, where we're intercepting problems that we're foreseeing and correcting them before they become a problem. So I would much prefer starting with a three-year-old, a four-year-old, than working on a 13-year-old that already has a lot of um, growth and development issues that we're having to now correct. So start early, um, mouth breathing. The other problem with it is that breathing through the nose actually creates something called nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is a huge stimulus for growth. So it's a huge effect on, has a huge effect on growth factor and the way that the child is growing. It actually also is a vasodilator, which helps with um, thought processes and focus. So when we talk about ADHD symptoms, bedwetting, bedwetting is huge actually with this. You think what in the world has any, what was what, what, there any correlation at all going on here? Well, when you're not breathing through the nose properly, you're actually going to get a buildup of ammonia in the system. And ammonia is very irritating to the bladder. And so they'll have to go to the bathroom at night. So bedwetting is a sign that they're not getting enough air at night, that things aren't working correctly. So focus, growth issues, bedwetting, ADHD, long, narrow facial development, allergies. How is that related? Well, often the tonsils are swollen because instead of the nose is a perfect filter. It filters the air. It humidifies the air. Like I tell people all the time, snot is just the stuff that your nose cleaned out. Like be happy <laughs> that you got it, you know? So if you're not breathing through the nose, what happens is that unfiltered air hits the tonsils, dry unfiltered air. Well, the tonsils are the next filter. So they will swell in response to getting that dry unfiltered air that is not coming through the nose. So you'll get swollen tonsils. And what's the what's the response? Well, let's take the tonsils out. Well, no, the yeah. tonsils are the sign. The tonsils are the sign of the problem. They're not the source of the problem. So we look at the tonsils and we say, oh, they're swollen. Oh, goodness. Okay. Are they mouth breathing? Absolutely. Okay. Now we need to work on expansion so we can get that nose opened up. We can start nasal breathing again. So we have things we do even where we can shrink tonsils with lasers to get them down because sometimes they're so swollen and they can't breathe by them and that's a problem. But all of these things are signs. So start with expansion appliances, start with talking to dentists about doing these tongue tie revisions day one, the day the baby's born. Be looking for tongue and lip ties. Um, we can always do it later. If your baby's already here <laughs> and we're already past that point, it's okay. But, uh, but mouth breathing is an enormous sign that things are not right and it will affect your child. Oh, man. Okay, this is from Allie, Sarah, and many others. Um, when should we start taking toddlers to the dentist? And what type of toothpaste do you recommend? Because for so long, fluoride has been pushed as the toothpaste, fluoride treatments. I did have a crunchy mother who thankfully was like, we're not doing fluoride. Um, so I never actually had that treatment growing up, but I know it, even as an adult, um, Man, it's it's a I like have to now sign a waiver if I'm gonna like refuse it, which is just crazy to me. So, um, what is the toothpaste that we should all be using? Yep. So when should you take them? Two years old or younger. I like to take them at like a year old, just to do we call it a happy visit. And all you're doing is just 
acclimating them to the dentist. You know, we don't charge for it. You bring them, we sit them in the chair. They, you know, we look at their teeth just so when you take them again at 18 months and when you take them again at two years, they're like, oh, this is a place that's fun, you know? And and we see cavities and even babies that small. And so if we can see them in in babies that small, we can go, oh, all right, we got to get on top of this. Let's start remineralizing. Let's start figuring out gut function. Like there's all, there's a whole continuum of things I start on when I see a cavity in a kit. I'm like, okay, this, this is signaling some stuff. Let's start working on it right now. So the earlier, the better, because now we're not talking about massive dental work. Toothpaste, what do we use for it? So there's a huge controversy around fluoride. Basically, fluoride does strengthen a tooth. It does make the crystal stronger. That's non-debatable. However, it also affects bones and makes them stronger and more brittle, meaning they will break easier. And there is research showing this. It also affects thyroid function because it interferes with iodine activating thyroid hormone. So we'll often see low thyroid function in areas that have high fluoride. We have mm-hmm. all, there's all sorts of issues that happen that go along with fluoride being used either on the teeth or taken internally. It's in water. It's in so many places. So really what I say is teeth that are getting decay, it's not because they're deficient in fluoride. We've learned that fluoride can make them stronger, but it's not a deficiency of fluoride that's causing the decay. It's a deficiency of minerals. These are highly mineralized surfaces out here. So a cavity is simply a place that minerals have been dissolved out of the tooth. Well, why would we put something back that was never there? Let's just put something back that was there, which is minerals. You probably heard of hydroxyapatite. A lot of people are talking about it nowadays. Yeah. Hydroxyapatite is the mineral complex that enamel is made of and bones, both. So minerals, so teeth and bones are made of a mineral complex called hydroxyapatite. That's all that is. So if a cavity is because we're losing minerals, then why not put minerals back? That's my thing. I don't even, I don't go down the political rabbit holes because I'm fighting a fight I'm never really gonna win. People are gonna Mm -hmm. be, they're gonna have their opinion. They're gonna stick with it. I don't care. I don't even care what your opinion on fluoride is. Why would we put something back that we never had? Let's just use something better. So hydroxyapatite, we don't do any fluoride in our office period whatsoever for any adult or child or anybody. We just use hydroxyapatite, the thing our teeth are made of. So I have a tooth powder because I couldn't find a great one. So I made a great one. Um, Tooth powder. We have a kid's version. We have an adult's version. That's They're they're all remineralizing. They have hydroxyapatite. They have calcium carbonate. They have the things that you need to rebuild your teeth. And this has been an absolute shock for me. I can't even tell you the stories that are coming in daily on people that are just talking about how this has completely changed their mouth care routine. So I usually don't promote anything, but I'm going to promote this because it's you need it. (laughs) If you have kids and you don't want them to get cavities, you need to put the right things into their teeth and hydroxyapatite is it. Yeah. I love that. And I will link to it in the show notes because (laughs) I am already thinking about it. And, you know, I know a lot of, um, I know it's scary for a lot of parents. I see these stories come in and questions come in constantly, which is like, I took my kid to the doctor and I've been told that, you know, my kid needs a root canal or like there's eight cavities and, and, you know, my, we need to address this immediately. And I like it from your perspective, which is like, well, there's an underlying root problem. So how can we solve that? How can we actually get minerals back in the teeth? How can we adjust the diet? How can we educate on let's get the cavity, you know, let's let's 
um, focus on the root cause as opposed to like, yeah, let's let's fix those cavities. You've got eight of them. Like we're going to need to put your kid under and then and address all this. So it's terrifying. It is really terrifying for parents because they feel like, oh, my gosh, I have to do all this work to my kid's mouth and I don't know what else to do. Yeah. So. And that actually brings up another thing that people ask me a lot is what do I do? What do I do now? They've been told they yeah. need eight cavities. They told they need a root canal or crown or whatever it is. And you're going to, there's two phases. Phase number one is we got to take care of fires that are burning right now. <laughs> and so you probably do need to get the cavities taken care of. If they're, if they're all the way you've learned now, if they're through the enamel and into the dentin, they need to be filled. If they're just barely starting in the enamel, hydroxyapatite, put that tooth powder, make a paste out of it, rub it right into that spot. And we've mm -hmm. seen things remineralize, literally the cavity reverse. Um, you can heal teeth if the cavity is in the enamel portion, the mineral portion. Once it's gone into the deeper portion where all those tubes are, it spreads fast. So in kids, it spreads incredibly fast. It is like a wildfire. If the cavities are already to that middle layer to that dentin, get them filled. You got to get them filled and you do, you have to do it now. You know, sedation, is that an issue? What's my stance on this? I get asked a lot. The trouble is that a lot of the dental work in a kid, especially is traumatic, you yeah. know, holding the mouth open, doing the numbing, all of those kinds of things. We can work quickly when we do sedation. We can get a lot done in one appointment when we do sedation. It's one and done. You're out there and they have no memory that they ever came. To me, it's worth it. We're very, very safe with the sedation we use in children, and it's worth it if there's a lot of work to be done that we do it in one visit so the body doesn't get stressed, so there's not a lot of trauma that's built into that experience. Root canals and kiddos, they're a little different than a permanent tooth, primarily because a tooth is going to come out. <laughs> so the right. challenge is, is it, let's say you have a tooth right here, you know, that need that has a cavity deep enough it's affected the nerve of a baby tooth even. The problem is, is that tooth needs to stay there until the child is like 13. And if it comes out, the permanent teeth, when they come in, they come in in the wrong spots because now it's going to come in here instead of where it should have. Huh. So I'm not entirely opposed to little kids' root canals. I don't like them. I prefer not to have them. But if possible, if, if absolutely necessary, the space needs to be held by something. And thankfully that tooth will come out. But I yeah. have, I tell parents what to watch. I'm going to have you watch this and this and this and make sure that this stays healthy. And if it isn't, then it's coming out. That's where, mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen immediately. Silver crowns is another question a lot of parents ask me about. What do I feel about silver crowns? Well, I don't love them. They are stainless steel, so they're not mercury. It's not going to be the same thing as those mercury fillings. They're stainless steel, but I prefer zirconia versions. They're more expensive. Sometimes it's just not possible. So again, a silver crown on a baby tooth, not my preference, but if it needs to happen, it's a placeholder, the tooth will come out. I'm reasonable and I'm 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 a realist. Like I live in the real world and I've got four kids myself. You know, yeah. I know that sometimes we just have to do things. Know that it's not a it's not a terrible choice because the tooth will yeah. come out. And a lot of parents just need to know the guilt needs to be gone. You know, yes. it's yeah. not a terrible choice. It's okay. The tooth will come out and there are things that you can watch for. And diet is huge, but gut function is huge. If you have a, cat, a kid that has eight cavities, you need to 100% go check gut function. Go check out my reel on baking, the baking soda test. Every kid likes to do it because it's all about burping. So <laughs> every kid likes to burp uh, intentionally. <laughs> we, we time it and we measure it. And we get super, super excited about it. Awesome. Um, <laughs> do the baking soda test because it will show is your child's gut functioning properly. And if they're not... 
that is where you need to start with preventing cavities in the future. I have a whole gut health guide on Instagram as well that people can go. It's all free. Go and learn about what does gut, how does gut function influence tooth health and what do, what do cavities show us? If you're not eating soda and, you know, gummy bears 24-7 and your child has eight cavities, pretty sure it's a gut function issue. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you also educate? Because I know this was like a big thing for me growing up that I didn't um, really learn anything about um, until I really like studied more about nutrition. But, but the importance of fat-soluble vitamins, especially when we're talking about like the deposit of minerals into bones, like we have such a huge, not only just teeth issue. We have a massive bone density issue that is going to progressively get worse. And I think it was really, thankfully, you know, thank you. The USDA was kicked off by the low fat movement where people just stopped eating like fat soluble vitamins. You know, animal foods have been demonized and the, you know, everybody eats low fat dairy and all the things. And so we have virtually no ADEK2. And I know the Weston A. Price Foundation is kind of like, you know, pushing this a lot, but have, are, are you also like, do you try to educate on that? And like, what kind of things do you recommend for kids and even adults to eat for like mineral mineralization of, of bone and teeth? Yeah, 100%. So Weston Price was a dentist. Not everybody knows that. Weston Price was a dentist in the 1930s, and he was dismayed at how many cavities he was seeing in children. Well, it's interesting because the cavities have not slowed down or gotten better since that time. They have exponentially gotten worse. We're seeing more today than he was in the 1930s. Um, but the, what he taught, what he discovered then is true today. So absolutely, we have, in fact, I have a remineralization kit for adults and for children. And what it is, is the hydroxyapatite powder plus a mineral complex plus a vitamin D3, K2 supplement. And that is absolutely essential. So what do you eat for it? One of the challenges with D is it's actually very difficult to get from the diet. It's largely from sunshine. And unfortunately, we are just not in it anymore. I look like I'm in sunshine and it's all fake. You know, <laughs> and so are you, you know, so we're just not in it as much anymore and sunscreens and there, you know, there's, you could talk about that forever. So vitamin D supplementation is really one thing that I think we almost everybody needs to do in our world today. K2, what's, what's necessary about that? The D3 grabs the calcium, the K2 puts it into the cell. You have to have the two together in order to build tooth, teeth and bones. K2, where do you get, where do you get that from? People think it's actually from greens. That's K1. K1 and K2, yes. they should never be named the same the same letter. K1 is from greens. It's from lot dark leafy greens. K2 is only found in grass-fed butter, things like that. Places where you have had uh, an animal has eaten grass that's actually full of the K2 that you then eat their product and you get it from them. So again, it's a little harder to get in our diet today. So that's why I like the supplement of the D3 K2. And I don't supplement a lot. I don't recommend yeah. a lot, but that's one I do. Mineral complex, that's going to be fruits and vegetables. But yeah. there's a caveat there. Not all the fruit and vegetables are grown in soil that contain minerals anymore. I'm a huge gardener. I have a huge other side that I teach people about gardening and real food and all those kinds of things. And so this is a big platform for me that our food is mineral deficient and it's not our fault. It's the fault of the grower. The grower has artificially nourished the plants so the plant doesn't actually have to be nourished from the soil. The soil is where the minerals come. So if the plant was not grown in mineral rich soil, the plant will be mineral 
it will not, it will be mineral deplete. Basically, there are not going to be minerals there. So what does that mean? It might mean that we're going to need to supplement minerals. It just is what it is. Even if we're Mm -hmm. eating an incredibly beautiful diet full of lots of fruits and vegetables, they may not be as rich unless you're growing them on your own home, you know, your own home and your own soil, and you know what they're getting. You may need to actually add some minerals. I love a fulvic and humic, it's called fulvic and humic acid. Basically it's dirt water. (laughs) it's minerals from the dirt. And I love that for minerals and for kiddos who are getting cavities. That's where we start is we start with the hydroxyapatite tooth powder. Well, kiddos or adults, I don't care who you are Uh, and a mineral supplement and a vitamin D and K supplement. I love that. Um, Okay. One follow-up question on the kids stuff. Are x-rays, this is another big topic, controversial, are x-rays really necessary in toddlerhood? Because every, you know, the first time you take your kid, typically you're going to, you're going to be prompted for x-rays. Yes, because that's the most common place for cavities in kids is between the teeth and we can't see them without the x-ray. So I don't love x-rays, but thankfully digital x-rays have really changed that whole world. I used to, you know, when I started the digital uh, x-rays were all film. And the way that we actually had to expose the x-ray film took a lot more radiation than today's digital sensors. So it's a, it's a small x, you know, small percentage of what used to be coming through radiation um, when we do x-rays. So it's important enough to see that, yes, that's okay. Okay. And then the last question we'll bring it home on is how do you, this was a big question for um, moving back into adult tooth care how do you correct an oral microbiome issue? Is there like a probiotic that people should be considering? Or is that more about just getting rid of the bad bacteria, less about bringing in the good? Yep. A couple of things. So I don't believe that there really is an entirely separate oral and GI microbiome. It's all one thing. It's all one tract. Obviously, there's different bugs that live in different different neighborhoods. You know, we have yeah. different bugs that live in our colon, that live in our small intestine, that live in our stomach, that live in our mouth. There's different bugs. But if if one microbiome is off, the other is off as well. So you need to start with your gut microbiome. That's the first place to start. So repopulating that the correct way. Uh, one very simple thing that you can do at home without buying anything is oil pulling. What does okay. oil pulling do? Oil pulling is, so every bug has fat all around the outside of it. That's just the way a bug is made. All of our cells are made with a, it's called a fatty membrane. So when you put oil in your mouth, I like to use coconut oil just because it doesn't have much flavor. When you put about a tablespoon of coconut oil in your mouth and you swish it, you do this for 10 to 15 minutes. It seems like an Ooh. eternity, but just do it while yeah. you're doing the dishes, do it while you're making the bed, while you're taking a shower, you know, something like that. So you swish it around. What it's doing is it literally is attracting the bugs with that fatty membrane to the oil and pulling them out from between the teeth and from everywhere. And so it's going to remove some of all of them, bad and good. But if you have a predominance of bad, it will balance that. That makes sense. You know, it'll make it so there's there's better. Now there's more good than bad in the mouth. So I like oil pulling about five days in a row. And then once, about once a week or twice a week at most is all you need to do it to maintain that. That's a big one. The other thing you need to be really conscious of is mouth rinse. So mouth rinse are highly, usually about 70% alcohol. What does alcohol do? It kills bacteria. So it kills yeah. them across the board, your good guys and your bad guys. It kills bacteria in your gut, totally throws off the microbiome top to bottom. So do not use alcohol containing mouth rinses. It will throw everything off. So I am less about doing a probiotic and adding back good and more about how do we just balance what we have simply with the things that we're already doing. And usually that along with the vitamin D and things that, you know, we've talked about 
they're going to balance it without an, an oral an oral probiotic. And I'm kind of, I'm not always with the mainstream on that. A lot of dentists are talking about oral probiotics, but gosh, if you don't have to take a pill for it, yeah. you know, <laughs> let's just do it with something you can already do at home without a pill. Yeah. Okay. So when we're done here, I'm going to go be buying this tooth powder because I feel like it's a great, you have a kid's version, right? Yeah. Kids and adults. I feel, okay. So I feel like that's like a great preemptive. I, I'm all about having the things on hand, yep. right? And so yep. is it one last question about the tooth powder. Is it something maybe that we should like be filling in or using on teeth, even if there is no cavity? Um, 100%. And, yeah. And is it's it, all I will use. It's all okay. I use ever. That's what everybody's saying. It's like the only thing they're ever going to use ever again, because what it will do is it will prevent as well as heal cavities both. Got it. And so it's a daily thing. Daily, you just use it morning and night. It replaces your toothpaste. So you okay. use it in place of toothpaste. And I have videos online because everybody's like, how do we use this stuff? I have yeah, videos yeah. online for how to do it. It's really simple. Um, but yeah, it's just, it replaces toothpaste and it your teeth will be cleaner, stronger. Your gums will be healthier than you've ever, than they've ever been. Dr. Michelle, thank you. We got through so many questions. <laughs> you talk, you have such a deep knowledge and you talk really fast. So everybody's yes, going to be listening. <laughs> I love it. Everybody's going to be listening to this at least twice, three times. I'm going to have to go back and listen. Nobody to can, well, nobody can listen to me on double time. Unfortunately, it just never works. <laughs> no, no I'll, I'll put a disclaimer. I'll be like, go ahead and put this down to normal speed. I'm sorry. Um, this was so helpful. Thank you so much. I'm going to link to all your stuff in the show notes, but uh, tell me more about what you're doing and where people can find you the most. Yep. So the best place is to go to with living well with Dr. Michelle. You can find me on Instagram, lots of stuff on there. Also on the website, living well with Dr. Michelle, that's where you're going to go to find tooth powder, other supplements, those kinds of things you're interested in. I have all sorts of guides on there with gardening and gut health and all the things that people want to know about. So go check it out. My dental office is actually called Total Care Dental. And so totalcaredental.com and Total Care Dental Utah is our Instagram account for that. We have even more dental stuff there than I even put on the Living Well account. So that's another place to go with a lot of dental-specific information. And um, again, lots of lots of free information everywhere. So just go check it out. We just want to help. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing and for all the resources you put out there. Thank you. All right. So for more from me, coconutsandkettlebells.com. For more from Dr. Michelle, it's livingwellwithdrmichelle.com. Thanks for being here, guys. I will talk to you next week.